Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And he swings. Hits it high. And deep. And gone. Still going. July 7th, it's the call-up, and we are doing another Team Top 10. It's been a little while, Jack, since we have done the Team Top 10. Another Farm System Rundown has been published on JustBaseball.com. We're going to talk about honorable mentions and prospects 10 through 5 here. Unfortunately, not guys that you've seen in person in AAA, but guys that I know you have a lot of thoughts on, and I'm, I'm excited to break down some of these prospects. Well, I'm in love with number one. I think uh, yeah. I think number one might actually be my favorite prospect in all of baseball, to be totally honest. Yeah. So I that's the guy that I'm going to attach to. But we've got a lot of guys to go through before number one. Listen, the Rockies, like they've they've been the butt of every baseball joke for the last, what, five, six years. I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it, too. I mean, we sarcastically decided that the Rockies were our team. Yes. And here we are falling in love with Connor Joe and loving what Ryan McMahon can do defensively and seeing Chris Bryant go for an absurd amount of money. But then you look at what's going on on the farm and you say, wow, Colorado might not have a terrible future ahead. They might actually have a good future ahead. And I think it's emblematic in the top 10. A hundred percent. This system from where it was a year ago, I think is, is massively different. Uh, that's a lot of just guys more. So I, w- I wouldn't even say it's development as much as guys just showing how good they were. Like we didn't get a chance to see Tovar in 2020. He's making, he's made a big leap, uh, but I've always thought, you know, that's a guy that was well-rounded. Now the bat has come across. We're going to talk about like Adel Amador and guys like that. That's going to be in part two because those guys are top five dudes. Uh, but this is a, this still a top heavy system. It lacks pitching. Uh, it's still way better than than it was before. And I agree, the future is bright because I think a lot of these guys are at the top, especially have high probability of being big leaguers. Uh, but I would like to see some more pitching. I, I would love for the Rockies to almost take uh, an Angels-like approach in this next draft yeah. and take as many arms as possible because you know we're, we're going to start at number 10 with an arm, but I want to go with the honorable mentions first. And there's a couple arms in the honorable mentions that I like, uh, but they need more pitching, it, not just because it's the Rockies and they always need pitching, but this system is probably one of the thinnest in that regard. A one quick thing here. Um, Kumar Rocker, his physicals actually look pretty solid. I know we talked about that on the just baseball side. 
Um, and I mentioned that 22 through 24 range where the Red Sox, um, where the, uh, the Cardinals, the Blue Jays, and the Red Sox are all picking, and Kumar makes a lot of sense there. If Kumar Rocker is, like, actually healthy, would he make sense at 10 for the Rockies? Oh, it's funny because I've, I've read, and I, that's something I got to throw some more feelers out and, and, and talk to some people about, like, where does he get pegged? Where, where is this guy going to go? Because some have said, <clears throat> apparently some executives are like, oh, no, might not take him in the top 30. Uh, and some executives are, are willing to take him in the top 10. I would, I would like to see the Rockies over slot with like their second selection and try and take him. I wouldn't risk it. They went risky with Jaden Hill in terms of a pitcher with upside. I don't know if you want to double down on that with, with Kumar Rocker, but, but I'd Kumar's be in got on a way higher him. floor than Jaden Hill. Come on. I know, I know way higher floor, but still risky shoulder scope. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. I hear, I, I see the word shoulder and I'm nervous. So uh, we'll, we'll start with, I guess the first honorable mention is a shoulder guy, <laughs> Ryan Rollison. They, they need Ryan Rollison. This guy was a top 100 prospect last year by certain publications. And uh, I mean, he's a pitchability lefty that, you know, has put up really good numbers up until last year. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt on last year. Assume that, you know, a fluky year with injuries really limited him. I don't know when he's going to be back. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, I know he's dealing with the shoulder right now, and that's about it. They need this guy. And when he's healthy, he's damn close to big league ready. He needs to show that he can throw a pitch in AAA. But I've got to also add, it's Albuquerque, right, in AAA? Albuquerque. It's the worst environment, I think, to pitch in all of the minor leagues. Oh, my God, yeah. They prep you for course. It's great. It's, it's, it's smart. You like survive the ringer, the final boss, and you can pitch a course. So I always take those numbers with a grain of salt. You got to look at more at the swing and miss the command, things like that. And his numbers overall have been good. You know, it was really just kind of that implosion and it was a subjective implosion a five, nine, one ERA in triple, but he was really good in high a, he was really good in double last year uh, through small stints. I'm interested to see. Uh, you know, when he comes back, what he's going to look like. But that's a guy that could plug into the rotation relatively quickly, if healthy. So, you know, he threw in the Dominican Winter League this past winter. And as a 23-year-old in the Dominican Winter League, he's about seven years younger than the average player uh, in the Dominican Winter League. And he threw really well. Five starts, he went 20 innings, 24 punch outs, five walks. He had a 3 one ERA. So that is carving against actually very good competition. And you know, double A, triple A level players, you know, you got some big leaguers that appear in the Dominican winter league here. So he threw really well. The question is, are you made of glass? And, and right now the answer is yes for yeah. Ryan Rolleston, which sucks because I loved watching him at Ole Miss. Um, I heard nothing but great stories from the Cape in 2017, where he was dominant six starts. He had a sub two ERA with Orleans. So Rolleston was always that guy that had sharp stuff. And he could throw four, you know, three, four pitches at any moment, any count to any hitter and carve through guys. And all of a sudden we're six innings into a ball game. That's what Ryan Rollison is when he's healthy. Question is, will he ever be healthy? And he's, I think, out for the entire season. So I, oh. I, I, I don't think uh, he's going to be healthy this year. But this is still a really interesting dude that they can use. And, and I agree. I think it really, the question is health. I think you can pretty much bank on a, a pretty safe back end of the rotation type of starter, uh, worst case kind of swing man and just be a valuable arm to have uh, for you. Another guy that I think is out for the season uh, is, is Colton Welker. And, and he got DFA'd, which was very surprising because I don't want to get into like roster stuff, but if you put a guy on the IL, like why wouldn't you just transfer him to the 60 day? 
instead of DFAing him? Like, why why did the Rockies DFA Colton Welker, a guy that's mashed through the minor leagues, uh, a guy that you know couldn't quite make that transition to the big leagues yet, uh, does lack a little bit of power, and sometimes sells out a, a good approach and good bats of ball skills for that power. But the guy has shown that he can swing it. That's a guy that I would, you know, not just DFA, but here we are. Uh, he gets DFA'd by the Rockies. There might be some nuances to this that we're missing, but uh, could wind up somewhere else. Yeah, I, I do think he should wind up somewhere else. I think that this is a major league baseball player. Um, yeah. I, I think that, you know, he's not going to be a great one, but I don't think he's going to be Larry Garcia. I think he's going to be a, a lot better uh, of an offensive producer than that. And I mean, small sample size, 19 games, but he hit a buck 89, you know, a sub 500 OPS. Like, okay. Um, those are the first 19 games of his major league career here. Let's, let's pump the brakes for a little bit. Yeah. So through the entirety of 2021, he had 258 with an 830 OPS. I'll take that's a major league baseball player. I, I, and in an environment where the ball is going to carry. So fringy power plays well in cores, but now he's not going to be in cores. Probably he underwent season ending labrum surgery in June to repair a torn labrum. And then now he's kind of in limbo. So this was what Bud Black said. These are hard decisions for an organization, but we felt that where Colton is right now at this part of his career, this move probably made the most sense as opposed to somebody else. So, you know, I think they just kind of saw where he fits in and, uh, and figured he doesn't fit in. I think Alaris Montero, who we're going to talk about some of the other guys that have emerged, uh, kind of made him expendable and they didn't even want to put him on the 60 day IL, which, which was very weird to me. Uh, but here he is. So I, I expect teams to, to flock and, and, and pick this guy up. Cause like you said, I mean, he is mashed through the minor leagues and, uh, he's a bit positionless, uh, either subpar third baseman or okay. First baseman and now undergoing labrum surgery. So I, I would assume there's just some concern there. Yeah, but how does a 24-year-old not factor into possibly being a part of your future? I don't get it. I don't totally get it. I think Alaris Montero is is who they're looking at as like, we already have a better version of that with power. Um, and, and we'll get to Montero in a second, kind of making that case there. Uh, a couple other names in the honorable mention section. And by the way, uh, you can check out the top 10, which is published on justbaseball.com and also linked in the podcast description. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, I believe we'll be able to link it in there, but if not, just go search on justbaseball.com. Uh, Jimmy Heron. I love Jimmy Heron. And uh, I- I'm biased because he's another Duke guy that I was I was fortunate enough to meet, you know, going out there to a few games to, to go visit some buddies. And Heron was a third round pick by the Chicago Cubs and was traded for a depth arm at some point over the last couple of years, battled injuries. This is really like our second look at Jimmy Heron in a, in a full season context. And he's, he's raking in double A, 259, 373, 465 slash line with nine homers, seven stolen bases. Most importantly, 13% walk rate, 16% K rate. This guy's hitting in double A, man. Like I know he's a little bit older, but he's an athletic outfielder who's swinging it. Third round pick pedigree, swung it in the Cape. He, he's worth following here. I, I'm surprised Heron's not getting more airtime. Yeah, I, I just think it's because he's... You know, like he's just on the older side, I guess, like he is uh, and doesn't necessarily have the sexiest tools in the toolbox. But I I mean, 13 percent walk rate, 16 percent K rate. You can't ignore that when it gets to a certain point, you know, average runner like I I like that. That could just be a good baseball player like Connor Joe. Could could that not be Connor Joe-esque? 
No, if you're 60 games in and you're walking 13% of the time, punching out 16% of the time, and, and you're an above average runner, like you're, you're just a pretty solid baseball player that should get a shot at a higher level. So I, I think you should make the move to triple at some point. And, you know, this is a guy, if Colton Welker doesn't factor into the future, maybe Jimmy Heron does. I have no idea. <laughs> Who knows? That's where the Rockies are funny. You never know. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Goodman, raking, raking. He's a catcher out of Memphis. And uh, they've been a little bit cautious with him. He's still in low A, but he's launched 22 home runs in 73 games defensive questions. So I think the, the Rockies have, have a question to answer themselves here, which is, do you develop Hunter Goodman, the bat, which would mean get him up to high a soon. I think he's already 22 years old. Uh, or do you continue to try to develop him as a catcher? Don't be too aggressive with him and see how things go. I, there, I, I have, can't pretend like I've watched Hunter Goodman catch a ton, but if there's questions about the defense and he is raking and they're starting to play him a little bit, you know, first base and other spots, I I'd assume that, you know, the, the position here is, is probably first base long-term. And if that's the case, actually, he just got promoted to high a, uh, yes. Yeah. I'm looking at that. Oh, for four with three punch outs too. Oh, geez. Just yeah, a so yesterday gets promoted start. to high a, it looks like the, the, the plan here is, is to start, you know, putting him at first base a little bit more and, and developing the bat college I mean, guy I'm, in low a, I, I look 22 home runs or 22 home runs college guy should kill away pitching it, that should. Happen. And he did. And he did. So let's see what happens, you know, now in high a fourth round pick in 2021 was impressive on the Cape. So, you know, worth following, but you know, welcome to high a buddy. What I will say is in 56 games last year with Memphis, he had an OPS at 1079. Mm-hmm. And then in 22 games of the ACL, he had a 936 OPS. And in 73 games with Fresno, get a 960 OPS. He's hit at every stop. Every so stop. You got you got to follow a guy into like that until he stops hitting. I know you can have the questions, the defensive limitations, whatever. I'm following him until he stops hitting. So that's why he's an honorable mention. Two more pitchers. Victor Juarez was a cool dive. I really enjoyed watching him pitch. Young kid, 19 years old, international free agent out of Mexico. One of those shorter, compact, six foot, six one righties with a crazy fast arm. I'm starting to love that profile, Jack. And I think we're seeing that profile more popular is the, the 6'1 righty with just electric stuff or just at least with good athleticism. That's yeah. Victor Juarez. I like the stuff. I like the command. The numbers have been good in low A. That's a much needed guy in this system. And, and I hope they can start to identify more guys like that. But he is pitching way more, I would say, advanced than you'd expect for a 19-year-old in low A. Yeah, I, I'm always going to sign up for really athletic pitchers. I, I think that's where we're trending, and I think that's how we're going to survive oh, here. And we got one um, coming up soon. Yeah, dude, I, I'm excited to talk about uh, to talk about number ten. But one more guy too, who is not as freaky athletic, but you know, is a good pitchability guy as well, is Carl Kaufman. Um, you know, he was really good at Michigan, and, and that was what was that rotation? That was Carl Kaufman, Tommy Henry, Jeff Criswell. Criswell, yep. That's a really good college rotation at Michigan. Yeah. And shout out Eric Backage for taking the Clemson job. But um, Kaufman was really good, obviously part of that national runner-up team in 2019. He had a 3.03 ERA that year. Uh, in Hartford, he's got a four ERA, which you know is fine through 15 starts, 77 and two-thirds innings, 84 punchouts. He's getting the swing and miss. And Kaufman is a guy that you know can command multiple pitches. But listen, if you're striking out, what is it, just under 10 guys per nine? As, as a starting pitcher and as a guy that looks like he can eat innings, I, I'm going to watch it. 
this is a big development for them because to all of the points that you just made, he looks like he could be a back end of the rotation arm. And the most important thing is that Kaufman, this isn't out of nowhere. He made some big changes coming into this year. So he, he went back to the drawing board and said, okay, how can I get the most out of myself as a pitcher and adjusted his stuff instead of throwing his cutter kind of manipulated that more to a slider instead of a flat kind of dead zone four seamer. He's throwing a sinker. So he's getting more ground balls as well, which we know that's going to translate long course. So the sinker slider combination has worked well for him to get more swings and misses, more ground balls. And now he's having his best stretch as a pro, probably not a coincidence. And he's commanding everything. Well, like you said, Uh, that's a good development there. And Kaufman is a name to follow without a doubt. Now we get into the top 10. And uh, I mean, this was a guy that was impossible to peg because, you know, Jaden Hill, he was getting 1-1 talk early in the year, but everybody gets 1-1 talk. How many different names get floated at 1-1? Reality is this. Jaden Hill from LSU could have gone top 10 if he was healthy for the duration of the season or higher. He was not healthy. He has not been healthy for much of his athletic career dating back to high school. He played basketball and football and broke his collarbone and broke his wrist and, you know, just, just didn't consistently stay on the field. Then LSU dealt with some elbow flare-ups. Then 2020 season canceled. Then we see 30 innings roughly last year uh, in 2021, and and he goes down with Tommy John surgery. Probably needed Tommy John surgery for a little bit, or it was you know heading in that direction. Finally gets it. So I'm excited to see him. You know, with like a good elbow now. Uh, yeah. You know, because it seemed like he was heading in that direction for a while. This guy's 6'4", 235 pounds, and is a premium athlete on the mound. The Rockies took him in the second round at swap value. This could be a huge, huge steal, or it can be one of those risks you take and you say, ah, you know, it didn't quite pan out. And I don't think there's any in between with this guy. This is Bruno Caballo's draft night. Do you remember, do you remember when Fran Fraschilla called Bruno Caballo the Brazilian Kevin Durant and he was yes. two years away? I think away. you brought up Bruno Caballo like, like multiple times now on the podcast. Have I? Yes. Yeah. I mean, so he's Victor Wemboyama, who I've told you to go watch, who's going to go first overall in next year's NBA draft too. It's, there is so much unknown here, but if you look at him on paper, 6'4", 235, and has an insane fastball, and then you just watch the short spurts that we've gotten from Jaden Hill, you're like, damn. This guy could be an all-star for 10 years in a row, but there's also a chance that he bottoms out and never makes it. And just never commands it. And when's the last time you've seen a power pitcher? Cause this is a power pitcher. Yeah. He's a With power. His pitcher. best pitch is his changeup. It's a good, think. it's a ridiculous changeup. Like I, I, I remember watching his starts at, at LSU, watching some of the condensed games. Uh, there's a YouTube account that does a really good job with the condensed college games. It's, it's wheels, something. I, I, I'm, I hate that I don't know it because I love yeah. to plug people, but damn it. Uh, it. They do a great job with the, with the condensed games. And uh, I remember just watching the change up and I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Usually you, you, that's the one thing we're talking about. Like, oh, great fastball slider needs to work on the command, needs to work on the change up. I feel like a broken record. That's not the case with Hill. It's really health and command overall, but the change up is actually his best out pitch. And the slider already looks above average. It's health and command. And that's why I think he could be, a big time riser, especially when you consider the fact that he's a premium athlete at 6'4, 230. When you tell me power pitcher with his best pitch being a changeup, my mind goes to power pitcher, best. Oh, Sandy Alcantara. Uh, no, I was thinking G Rod, but Sandy works too. But I like G Rod. Well, yeah, G Rod's a freak show. 
Yeah. That, that but, is more similar because Sandy's sinker. This is high spin fastball riding up, which is more like G-Rod. Uh, yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, like, listen, this dude has not proved whatsoever that he can go more than like five innings in a start. We've no, got we have no, no idea. We have no idea what's happening here. It's when the Knicks drafted Porzingis. I'm going to keep going back to that because the NBA draft is my favorite thing because it's all unknown, except for the college guys. When you see the top international guy off the board, Jan Vesely, I heard, was the Czech Blake Griffin. That like I'm going to keep throwing names at you because we just have no idea. And with Jaden Hill, we actually have zero idea what's to come. Well, and that's the cool thing with baseball is generally you have like a, at least a little bit more of a sample size to work with. We can see how, especially college guys, you know, how were they on the Cape? Yeah. You know, how were they in, in against good competition and conference play? There's a little bit more to work with. Jaden Hill is like the, is like the NBA guy because we don't have much to work with. And if you're wondering like, oh, well, you're, you're saying this guy could be an all-star. Why is he 10th? Cause we literally have nothing to work with. We've got no uh, clue. And the outcomes are too wide. And, and that's why I actually put up Michael Tolia ahead of him in number nine, which is crazy because obviously Hill is, is a guy that could leapfrog all of this and make the rankings look hilarious. But I look at Michael Tolia and I can say, this guy's going to be a big leaguer in some capacity. I don't know what, you know, I don't know how good, but he's going to be a big leaguer in some capacity. I don't know if Jaden Hill will make it to double a, I, yeah. I think he could be an all-star. I don't know if he'll make it to double a. So Michael Tolia has not quite been, the guy that we are or have been hoping for. And I know Rockies fans when he was drafted 23rd overall in 2019 out of UCLA, we're hoping he'd be a little bit more. He's a switch hitting first baseman with plus raw power who stands at six, five, two I mean, this is a dude that has a good approach. He walks, which is amazing because, you know, his hit tool has been poor. Yeah. But the fact that he has power from both sides walks, Oh, and he's also, I would say, aside from Nick Prado, probably the best defensive first baseman in the minors. You're like, what's the problem? I don't even know totally what the problem is. Like, he he just can't quite tap into the power consistently. And he really struggles against breaking balls. And for that reason, I mean, we're seeing a guy that has not put up the numbers we would like to see. Uh, I still think he's a top 10 prospect in this system because I think he has been a little bit of a victim of, of just a lack of, of consistent reps. I think you could say that's the case for a lot of guys in the minor leagues, but Tolia was inconsistent at UCLA kind of finished strong, inconsistent in the early going of his professional career. At the end of the day, he's only played about 229 professional games. Yeah. That's not that it's not even two seasons. There's a dude that like could have it all come together. And all of a sudden he is a 30 plus home run guy with elite defense at first base, of course, like that's still a possibility with a good ability to walk. What, how do you feel about Michael Tolia? I, I feel like his floor is big leaguer. Um, Cause you look at those 230 games that he's played. He's got a 226 clip. Okay. Yeah. That, that needs to improve a 779 OPS. That's fine. It needs to improve, but you mentioned that he walks the 110 point jump from batting average to OBP is, is very telling. So a guy with a 334 OBP, it's obviously not where you want it. You want it to be in the 350 to 360 range um, for a power hitting first baseman, but that's not what he's been so far. I still think that it's impressive what he's done. Now Spokane is a conducive environment to homers last year in 74 games. He had 17 homers in Spokane. Then he got to Hartford less conducive an environment to homers. 41 games, hitches five homers. Good news is the organization that he's in, that environment is conducive to homers. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm not too concerned about the power showing up. No. I think the power is going to show up. The question is honestly, like as weird as it sounds, 
batting average. Is he going to be a 240 guy or is he going to be a 210 guy? Yeah. And, and that's basically what I said in the outlook portion of the write up was just like, if this dude can be a 230 hitter, he's in business. He's getting on base at a 350, 360 clip. He's a 10 year big leaguer if he's a yeah, 230 hitter. That's all he's got to be out there. And to your point, he is actually tapping into power better than he ever has. And I thought th- that people will look at it and say, well, wait, he's played 74 games at the time that we're recording this. And he has 15 home runs. He homered actually last night. 2021, he played 74 games and hit 17 home runs. He, he was actually on a better home run pace last year. Spokane, but, Hartford. Exactly. And he actually is, if you look at the batted ball data, if you look at a lot of the metrics, he's lifting the ball a bit more. He's tapping into it a bit more. He's he's just like a slow burn. And I think that that could get him to where he needs to be. He's not that far off. That's still a top 10 guy for me um, because of the proximity. And, and I'm going to bet on this guy being a big leaguer in some sort of capacity. Uh, you know, his, I, I think he could be a really good one if he can just hit a little bit more. Does his build also not scream durability at 6'5", 230? I mean, and, I feel like... And agile. And, and agile. agile. That's the big thing. Because Garrett yeah. Cooper is 6'5", 230, and he screams every anything but durability, but it's because he can't move. It's like that frame with agility. I love that. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. Yeah. So I, I think that Tolia, with, with the ceiling of Jaden Hill as high as that is, I think the floor is pretty high for Michael Tolia. I Which really do. And we have no idea what the ceiling looks like. Exactly. And, and I, I hope Tolia puts it together because he's, he's a lot of fun to watch when he connects. And he's put up 113, 114 mile per hour exit velos already this year. Another pitcher who's kind of adjusted his stuff a little bit now looks like, you know, could be a big leaguer in the back end of the rotation for the Rockies is Ryan Feltner. And Feltner got called up. He's gotten a little bit of a look this year. He had a couple good starts, a couple bad starts. Ultimately, I think he was sent back down, but now he's on the IL. I like Feltner, man. I did, I did a dive. I also watched him carve up the Marlins, but he's just got one of those balanced arsenals across the board. It's a fastball that's ticked up. You know, he was operating more 92 to 94 before. Now is more 93, 95, touching 97, mixing in a two-seamer. I think that's something that has seemed to be going through the organization now, which, duh, I, where was this before? I, I have the no Rockies, idea. You know, and now that they've got some new people, you know, up in charge and Bill Schmidt's <laughs> kind of in charge here. And uh, good, good. Let's throw pitches that don't go in the air as much when hitters hit it. Good. Feltner's enjoying success with that. I mean, he still has the four seamer with some ride, but two seamer works bottom of the zone slider and curveball. That's what I was impressed with. I just watched like as many breaking balls as I could see He's got a really good feel for it. And I, I read a Baseball America write-up because I just want to get more background on him. And that was the one thing that stood out to me in their report was they said the same thing. He has a really good feel for the breaking balls. While they're both above average at best, he locates them. He throws them in any count. Change-up is okay, but it's good enough to mix in. So he's got two fastballs he can attack you with, two decent curveball slider, and, and a change-up that he can mix in that he doesn't leave over the middle. It's more of just kind of like a chase it or it's a ball pitch. And yeah. an average command. That's a back end guy. You say average command. I say actually pretty decent command. Yeah, it here. might be better. Might be better. Yeah, I mean, across seven starts and like small sample size. Okay, but 33 and two-thirds innings, which you know, you can you can take some data from 33 and two-thirds, 22% K rate that wants to be higher, right? Uh, but a five percent walk rate, I will absolutely take that. The thing that jumps out to me. Like you mentioned, developing that two-seamer, 25% fly ball rate. That's very low. 
And if yep. you can keep the fly ball rate low as, as a pitcher calling Coors Field your home ballpark, that's as good of a recipe for success as you're going to have here. Because it, it is, I mean, we've said it, like the Rockies are where pitchers go to die. Yep. Um, I don't think that a guy with Feltner's type of build and type of um, you know approach on the mound needs to necessarily die as, as a Rockies pitcher. You know what I mean? I like the fly ball pitchers, the four seamers up in the zone, those pitchers are going to get wrecked at Coors <laughs> field. I don't think a guy like Feltner is going to get wrecked at Coors field. And I mean, think about, um, you know, I, I think the best example of like polar opposites are green and Lodolo with Cincinnati. Yeah. One yeah. of them was going to survive and one of them was going to thrive and green was surviving. He needed to work on more stuff. Lodolo in a very hitter friendly ballpark, his stuff plays better. If yep. you threw both of them in the Rockies organization, I will take Nick Lodolo every and day what of the week. he would do six years every day of the week over Hunter Green. And that's what we're looking at with Feltner. It's just, you know, a Nick Lodolo light. And, and he's a good fit. Uh, and and that's what's what's I think really exciting. And also he was pitching well in Albuquerque, dude. Yeah. I mean, this guy was striking out more than 11 per nine and, and had a three, seven, six ERA. I think what 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 you talk about where pitchers go to die. What it boils down to is if you look at Feltner's stats uh, at the big league level this year, a 615 ERA, but a 0.4 F4. So literally a va- above replacement level, despite a 615 ERA. I mean, the guy was competitive up there. I think he'll be good when he comes back up. And I think the ERA will normalize, especially when he gets more road starts. I think he skewed a little heavy home starts, um, which sucks when you get called up. I'm sure every Rockies uh, pitcher hopes that they get or prospects hopes they get promoted uh, on the road. Uh, but you know, it doesn't always work that way. Uh, hitters probably hope they get promoted at home because it's a really good opportunity to, to hit a homer in your first game. And uh, Alaris Montero is a very, very powerful hitter who's now up with the big league team and has been struggling at the big league level. But I mean, so many hitters do out of the gate. Alaris has put up big numbers over the last you know, year or so since getting traded over from St. Louis. If you remember this guy, I, who do you, <laughs> this is so funny to say, who would you call the centerpiece of the Nolan Arenado deal? There was Alaris, Mon- Alaris Montero or Austin Gomber, probably Austin Gomber, but Montero is making his case. I just don't think there was one. I thought that was like <laughs> as drastic a fleecing as we've ever seen Arenado going there. I, I just, I remember seeing that. And I remember seeing the return. I'm like, what are we doing here? It was like uh, the Darvish from Chicago to San Diego. Worse. Right? I just looked at a bunch of like complex guys and Dominican summer league guys. I was like, what? I, yeah. And and that's why I was like, okay, Gomber and Montero are the two guys that, you know, you, you're hoping can kind of do something you know, now or soon. And Montero's numbers were really bad. Uh, I believe it was in double a 2019. With the a buck 88 and they Correct. still flipped him for Arenado. Correct. <laughs> I did. And, and well, and also the Rockies had to chip in 30 mil to, to, to get this. Return. Oh yeah, that's right. What I, what I found when I did the research on this deal, I remember a little while back was that Montero actually, you know, he was doing well in the years prior and then just kind of hit that double a wall. He actually had a pretty bad wrist injury that was affecting his swing big time. And, uh, I think that's kind of why the season got away from him in double as a 20 year old, by the way, aggressive Cardinals assignment for an injured prospect. I have no idea why they did that. He was coming off of an injury and they threw him into double A as a 20 year old. He struggled mightily. He comes back, gets fully healthy, plays in double A, 
you know, in 2021 with the Rockies and mashes, dude. I mean, he was unbelievable. 279, 361, 523 slash line, 22 pumps in double in 92 games, gets promoted to triple, hit six more homers in 28 games. So in 120 games, he hit 28 homers and kept the strikeout rate right at about the 20% mark. That is going to help you, you know, get a quick start in AAA this year, which he did. Hitter-friendly environment, but he did what you're supposed to do in a hitter-friendly environment. Mashed. 13 homers in 53 games, now up at the big league level. It's been a tough start for him. He's punching out 45% of the time through his first 31 plate appearances. But, you know, that's fine. I'm not going to draw any conclusion from that. Montero's a corner guy. He's he's stretched at third base. Big arm that makes him passable there. Probably first baseman. That's where they've had him a little bit more. But I think this is a guy that can really hit at cores. And I think this could be a very solid bat for them. Uh, and, you know, he's kind of developed nicely for them. So Montero's a good prospect. I'm not getting thrilled about a guy like that because he's a corner masher yeah. uh, and he really has to mash. But he's a piece. He's a piece. Um, what I was shocked about in his first 10 games is that he's only walked once because this is a good walk guy. This is a walk rate around 10% and a, and a K rate around 20%. So he's got good feel, but I mean, you mentioned 14 punch outs and 31 plate appearances. Like this feels a bit uncharacteristic here, but Albuquerque in 53 games makes a lot more sense. And of course that's a 960 OPS, but I mean, listen, Albuquerque in Colorado, like you mentioned, kind of same exact environment here. Um, I, I think once he settles in, once the heart rate slows down, because it can take 20 games for a guy's heart rate to slow down at the big league level. It can take a couple of years for a guy's heart rate to slow down at the big league level. I think the big question for Montero is how quickly does his heart rate slow down? Is it going to be a, a Julio type thing or is it going to be a Jared Kelnick type thing? Yeah. And, you know, I, I think he's going to settle in just from the, the standpoint that, you know, this isn't a team that's, you know, really pushing for the playoffs. And this is a guy that can miss it balls that get out. He's got plus raw power and, He's just swinging a lot and, and he's always been a little aggressive, but he's taken his walks and spurts in the minors. He's going to be challenged a bit more to be more patient here. And, and I think that's exactly what, you know, we're, we're going to need to see from him. And, and I think he can get there, but uh, Montero is a name to follow because if he gets hot, he'll start hitting home runs in bunches and uh, he's got the ability to do so. Yeah. Last guy in this part one here, number six prospect. And then we save the top five prospects for tomorrow's episode. This was a hard guy for me to pick, who actually homered yesterday, by the way. Benny Montgomery, because Benny Montgomery is, we talk about Jaden Hill and the polarizing uh, you know, type of outcomes that he can have. Benny Montgomery is up there with anybody. Eighth overall pick in 2021, maybe one of the toolsiest guys in the minors. And we're talking about plus, plus raw power, plus, plus speed, chance to be a good defender in center, and a plus arm. But he is the weirdest swing I've ever seen in my life, man. And it's gotten better. I mean, when he was drafted, they were giving him the Hunter Pence comps. And I'm like, you can't just give people with hitches in their swing Hunter Pence comps. Like, no, you got to give them the Charles Barkley swinging a golf club. Yes. Comp. Like, it, that's it's gotten a lot better since then. But this is a dude that played in Pennsylvania. And you could probably have the craziest hitch in the world and get away with it. Austin Hendrick played in Pennsylvania too. He had a pretty good hitch in his swing as well. And, and, and it's been exposed in professional baseball. Montgomery's more physically gifted, uh, yeah. which is saying a lot because, because Hendrick's got a quick bat oh um, and Montgomery's already shown that he can hit a little bit better. He's toned down the hitch, but it's still there. I think he's going to get blown up by, by better pitching. And I think the Rockies are, are aware of that and they're kind of treading lightly with him so far in, in a low way, striking out 32% of the time, walking just 6% of the time. 
He's got to fix the swing, man. But I mean, the upside is crazy. The upside is nuts. Um, I don't know. Like there's so much I don't know about Benny Montgomery because you mentioned high school draftee in Pennsylvania. You know nothing about the Northeast college guys or the high school guys. You know nothing about the Northeast high school guys. And he just got out of the complex. He's played 16 games with low A. I haven't watched him at all. Like that's the thing, but I've seen the YouTube videos. I've seen the side view. I've seen the swing and the swing is just so funny, man. Like it's, it's so weird because it's like, he works down and he pauses and he comes back up. That's and he the fires. thing is so people talk about hitches and I'll, I'll talk about like Joey Weimer. And that's a guy you comp to Pence because Joey Weimer has a weird move that he does before he gets loaded and set that he repeats every time. Benny Montgomery has off his a load. load and then it's a double pump. So it's yeah. like he loads and then he loads again right before a swing. It's like this, this wiring that he has and that is going to disrupt your timing. You cannot oh, do yeah. that. You can't load and then load again every single time and do it the same way with the same timing. It's going to be disrupted. And that's what I think is going to get exposed. He, again, has toned it down a little bit. It's hard to do. It takes a lot of reps. And I think he should just spend the whole season in low A. What I will say is I did the dive on him and he's already hit a ball 113 miles an hour in those 16 games in low A. It was a triple off the wall. Uh, this is a 6'4", 200-pound kid that has more room for projection. He could have elite, elite raw power with plus, plus speed. That's crazy. But I'm not going to put him ahead of, like, spoiler alert, warm, warming Venable, who we're going to talk about on, on part two. Like, this guy's putting up big-time numbers, you know, through the minor leagues and doing a little bit of everything. And, you know, I, I just can't put him ahead of those guys because of the wide range of outcomes. He could be better than everybody not named Zach Veen. It's possible. Yeah. But I, I, I just – I need to see this guy's swing play – in low A even. And I don't even think it can at this point. I think he's going to cheat and catch his and he's going to hit his 113s, but he's got to really work out the swing. And do you have faith in the Rockies helping him develop that, you know, the swing and get through those things? I I hope I'm so. Sure. I, I hope, hope so too. It's kind of on Benny Montgomery, you know, uh, th- these players have a lot more free will than, than I think a lot of people make it out to be. It's like, oh, do you trust this organization? You, you could go to the right people and, and work in the offseason. And, and most of these guys that, that explode, they usually work in the offseason with, with other people. Like, it's not always just the team. Um, and they usually work with other players, players too. Correct. So, I, listen, Benny Montgomery is surrounded by a lot of really good players in this organization, a lot of really good hitters in this organization. What, what do you pick up from them during the season? And uh, what do you pick up from guys in the Pennsylvania area when you go home? Please go hang out with like Chris Bryan or something. Cause if Benny Montgomery puts it together, he could be a superstar. If he does not, you know, quite put it together, he won't hit in high A. No. So that, that that's maybe one of the most polarizing prospects out there. That's the big thing. Are you going to cheat to become a fastball hitter or are you going to become a really good hitter? And with that's going to separate speed, 70 speed. You got it. You got it. You got to be the ladder. Yeah. Captains. So a little bit of a spoiler, like I am very excited to talk about like, Amador, Romo, all these other guys, which we will talk about. And, and I know you're, you're excited to talk about Zach Veen. That'll be in tomorrow's episode. Uh, any, any final thoughts on this system and the guys we talked about so far? Um, it's, it's interesting. Like the back half is like, I, it's either a guy that, that is slightly above replacement level, like two war guy or, a wide range of outcome kind of guy, which you know I think is good to have balance through your system. It, so you follow all 30 systems. You follow all of minor league baseball. 
I follow it not to the extent that you do, but I like follow it more than ninety-eight percent of of baseball fans. I'd say um, ninety-nine. Yeah, probably ninety nine. You're, you're, you're in freak territory. Am I, am I in the one percent? <laughs> you're in freak territory. I would say, yeah. Um, so, granted, the Rockies are probably the system. Like, I'd say Rockies and Diamondbacks are probably the two systems that I've paid attention to the least in yeah. all of Major League Baseball because they're just kind of in obscurity. They're in weird spots that I've never been around in my life. Like, you know, Albuquerque and and Reno are the uh, are the two AAA affiliates. And then you look at Hartford. Like, why is the Rockies AA in Connecticut? And you got that going on. Like, it doesn't really make much sense. So I'd say the Rockies, like I knew the least about them out of any system in all of baseball. And it, good thing for you, Rockies fans listening. Um, the more that I watched, the more that I dove into these guys, the more I started to really enjoy. And I agree. I think it's a lot better than a lot of people think. And I will say though, I'll take their top five with, with a lot of different, with a lot of other top fives. Yeah, it, they're like, that's why I, I won't really want to tease the top five because I would take that top five with a lot of other organizations in, in baseball, their top five is electric and is. all to all top 100 guys, by the way. So part or I, sorry, top four are top 100 guys. Warming Benable will not quite making the cut. Yeah. Uh, but the the top four guys are all top 100 guys, which is which is a lot better than the Rockies have been in, in recent years. So Ooh, yeah. keep out an eye out for tomorrow's episode, tomorrow's star-studded episode of the Rocky System. Uh, that'll do it for today, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.